Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. As usual, we always like to have a, an exciting and unusual guest after 11 o'clock. Jane tells me nothing about it until I'm handed a script about 10 minutes beforehand because that's the way I like it to be. But if you are prudish, I'd advise you to switch off. Don't be telling them to switch off, Jane. Would you write that down? Anyway, Alice Lovegood, and I mentioned her name earlier on, and I think, what a wonderful name, by the way, because I said earlier on, that would be a great DJ name. What's your name? Alice Lovegood. Anyway, she's a sex educator, life coach, and a spicy creator online. She's passionate about exploring the realms of sex education, how to be a better sec, better at sex, kink, intimacy, and body confidence. And through her work, she aims to help the world have more, safer, and better sex. Sounds good to me. And Alice joins me on the line. Alice, good evening to you. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I, I'm good, and I have to say, I'm loving that last bit. Through your work, you aim to help the world make more, safer, and better sex. So, what's happening to the world? Are we losing interest in sex? Are we not as good as we should be? Are we not enjoying it as much as we should be? No, I don't think so. I think there's a real... Um eagerness and I definitely found that from what I do to kind of discover more, learn more um, about ourselves, about others, about and I feel like we're kind of on a brink of a of a change really in how we view sex and intimacy and relationships and I think it's really exciting. Mm. I remember of course if we go back right to the end of the nineteen sixties and seventies in America, the sexual revolution as they called it, when porn movies became a big thing, Deep Throat was the first major porn movie that changed the world uh, at the way people viewed sex. And then here in Ireland, particularly, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, that brought in a whole new kink to people in relation to bondage and submission and all that, and dominatrix and all that kind of stuff. And do you think we're starting to explore ourselves sexually a little bit better now than we would have, say, 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, definitely. Although I don't, I don't necessarily think it's more. I think it's just more talked about and more accessible because we have things like social media um, and hidden behind closed doors and secret before is much more open and um, Mm. discussed now. And in relation to pornography, what role does that play? And I know you talk about ethical pornography, which is... Because pornography can have, you know, some of it can be quite shady and and dodgy, but some of it's quite ethical as well. When you talk about ethical pornography, maybe explain that to people what you mean by ethical pornography. So essentially, I think a lot of modern porn, um, there's no no interaction with that creator and ability to know that that person is consenting, that um, there's no, like, view of the consent, the discussion, the dynamic, the... The pauses, the lube, the I'm not sure I like that, the aftercare, and that's all the bits that I like to include in my content. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just real real orgasms, not like, Fake oh, ones. somebody touched my toe and I'm going to I haven't. Because all the women of Ireland are looking at the porn going, why don't I have an orgasm when a bloke does that to me? Because, yeah, because they're not having an orgasm, love. They're just not having exactly. one. They're faking it. Yeah, and it... And it's not fair on either person because, you know, a lot of men are then lulled into this belief that they should be able to make a woman come from penetration and actually, like, 
only 20% of women can come from penetration alone. Mm. So I, I think we're doing a disservice to the public by you know, showing them not real sex, essentially. And by the way, I do believe that people can become objectified in pornography, and and primarily women, but I think we seem to forget about men too, because men become objectified, because realistically men have a high expectation. If a woman is watching porn all the time, she thinks that men can hold erections for an hour and a half, she thinks that men have these, you know, when they orgasm, this massive amount of semen, which usually isn't the case in a lot of cases. You know, a lot of that is faked as well. They think that men can orgasm over and over again, which they can't, generally speaking, you know, unless they're very good at it. So, I mean, there is an unusual expectation of men too, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they think that men have these huge, massive, straight penises with no like perfect and and actually men as well are over they're over obsessed with the penis because of porn they think that that's like the be all and end all and that you know there's so much sex doesn't even have to include a penis um mm. to be sexed and to be enjoyed so oh i wouldn't like it to be i wouldn't like the porn out penis to be ignored <laughs> during the whole thing. <laughs> let's not ignore it but it's not like the pinnacle you know no of course not there's a lot of other intimacy and touching going on as well and i suppose for a lot of people maybe you know who are in a relationship who are married uh, who've been with each other a long time, sometimes it can be difficult to talk. So communication is the key, isn't it? By saying to your partner, well, you know, how about we try this? Or would you like to do that? And, you know, and if they don't like it, we'll show well and good. But it's communication is the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's the it's the the main thing is communication. And, and that's what I hope to do with my content is to inspire com- communication or even give an opportunity to communicate without words, like send a video and say, what do you think about this? Do mm-hmm. you want to try this? Um, and and I just think that that is something that we are massively struggling struggle with as a society is the ability to feel confident to talk without fear to not to not worry about how we're going to be judged for our fantasies or um, our like you know want to explore. Yeah, and both women and men, obviously, the the body confidence part of it is a big thing too. You know, for a lot of couples, it's kind of lights off under the covers. You know, and they're kind of afraid to show their own naked bodies to each other because maybe they have they feel a bit of shame or something about their size, their shape, their penis size, breast size, or whatever it is. And those things we need to we need to get over those things and move past them, don't we? A hundred percent. I think we we've just grown up in a society that loves to sell us a solution to problems that don't even exist. You know, creams to get rid of cellulite or tablets to make you skinnier and. The reality is, from my experience of hundreds of thousands of people now, that they see what they love about you. And, and there's someone out there for ev- everyone, every body type. And Absolutely. really, we just need to fall in love with ourselves. You know, I, I say to a lot of people to look in the mirror and, and pick out the bits that you love and thank your body for what it does for you. And we have this beautiful ability to feel pleasure. And it's such a shame that we stifle that because of how we feel about ourselves. That's what I can't understand when I hear people who are married a long time and don't have sex anymore, or maybe haven't, you know, you often hear people saying, birthdays and Christmas, and I'm going, that's not good to you. Anyway, but when I hear people say that, I say, you have this wonderful part of your body, these wonderful pleasure zones in your body, and you don't use them. Why? And, but there's so many people, you know, who, who don't, uh, or maybe one party in the relationship is just not into it anymore, and and that can be so upsetting for the other party. One hundred percent. I think 
but we're just not taught like about arousal in general like um there's different ways that we we feel aroused and sometimes how our partner gets aroused is different to how we get aroused many women are responsive in their desire whereas most men are spontaneous and sometimes when there's like a a mismatch they don't it ends up just clashing and not understanding each other and those communications channels are shut down and it just means they're all unsatisfied and and not not feeling that pleasure and that beautiful intimacy mm-hmm. we can have with one another and what what do you say to say you know somebody who says look my partner just her, her libido is gone she doesn't seem interested in having sex i've tried the date nights i've done all the usual stuff and they're just not interested anymore. What do you, what do you say to them? What advice would you give them? Um, so a couple of things would be to you know if you had good sex before, what what was happening then that's not happening now? You know, have you had a child and actually she's exhausted and wearing a manky t-shirt and not feeling beautiful, or she's just absolutely knackered? And maybe those things need to be relieved before she can even think about intimacy or you know, were you were you going on those date nights? Were you, what was happening when you had good sex that's not happening now? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, um, I think when we've been with our partner for a long time, um, it just becomes an act that we do and we half feel entitled to it. Whereas when we're first with someone, you know, we have an expectation of sex and we might be not booking it in as such but we're going on that date and we're expecting to have it so we'll have a nice bath and make ourselves feel pretty and put makeup on or wear a suit or make an effort and I I think a lot of the time it's that effort that goes and all the other rubbish that comes with life just you know pushes our break and stops us connecting because Mm. you know we've got bills to pay and we're tired and you know John from down the road has pissed us off so (laughs) we (laughs) I think it's all, all actually thinking about it and, and making time for it and talking to one another and thinking about what was exciting before that we're, we're missing now. And do you think uh, people nowadays, are we more adventurous when it comes to sex, you know, rather than just, you know, missionary and do it for, the, do it for Ireland? Are we, are we a little bit more adventurous about how we're performing sex in relation to, say, oral sex, anal sex, all the different types of sex? Are we more adventurous? I don't necessarily think we are. I mean, if you look at history, um, you know, there's a, there's a famous person who was writing uh, fart letters about kink in the, in the ancient history and there's all sorts of we've always been kinky and naughty and it's just a little bit more open now I think mm-hmm. so um, and and I think where social media is so popular if someone pops up on on your phone talking about I don't know oral sex or anal sex then you're like oh I, I wouldn't mind trying that and then you're more likely to engage in it it's just a more awareness of what's happening mm. uh, but we've always been experimental um, I think that's just human nature and and when it comes to say toys in the bedrooms and couples using toys is 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 that a no-no or does that sometimes diminish the, the intimacy between two people and body contact should that be avoided at all costs or, or is it a good thing to be using toys it's it's an amazing thing to use toys I'm, I'm a massive massive advocate for toys it's hugely improved my own sex life with my husband 
um you you know lots of lots of people women or people with vulvas cannot orgasm with internal stimulation they need that external t- stimulation i can't even make myself come without a toy so you know to expect a partner to be able to is is a bit silly mm. and and it can be fun like you know and i was talking to my partner the other day about how you know, sometimes you don't want penetrative sex, but you want to play and be intimate and explore. And it's, it provides this opportunity for almost like an adult playground. You can mm. have paddles, you can have bondage gear, or you can have vibrators. It's, it's fun. It's just an opportunity to, to play as adults. And I think that's really amazing. And is it important that, you know, for every session that you have, you know, you and your partner or whoever it is that you you happen to be with, is it important that both people have an orgasm? No, it's not. It's not necessary, but it is important that it's um, considered. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, um, it doesn't need to happen to be able to have beautiful, amazing sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's just that it needs to be thought about. Like you know, if you if you ask her or do you think you can orgasm or do you want to make an effort that it's a priority but uh, you know you can have incredible sex without an orgasm and sometimes the pressure to orgasm makes it way more difficult mm-hmm. to reach that orgasm i mean there is there is quite a lot of women who can't have an orgasm who don't have orgasms which is quite sad um and it, it, do you believe a lot of those women could have orgasms if they were with the right person yeah, I do think so, but at the same, if they can't, if they can't make themselves orgasm, and they've had like um, information and education and support to be able to do that themselves, and they still can't, then there might be something medically going on. Um, and I think it's called anorgasmia, and it is a condition. Um, but generally, I just think that we're not taught how to pleasure ourselves or others. It's it's not something that it's something that's really hidden um and therefore you know i know lots of people that have said oh i don't even know if i've had an orgasm and then i've been like right let's go get a vibrator (laughs) (laughs) i'll let you know yeah i'm I'm all about multiple orgasms you know because they see this in the porn movies you know where girls have multiple orgasms is that common or is that difficult to do not in my experience from for women um if you know how to make uh, her come then you know how to make her come again and again um it's just like stimulation in the same area carried on mm. but um yeah so like personally i've i've never that's something you know if i'm gonna play on my own I'll probably go like three times in a row. It's just easy peasy once you get <laughs> Okay. Once, like, you, once you know which bit to do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know, by the way, speaking of ethical porn, your OnlyFans is, is really popular and you're on OnlyFans yourself. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't get the attraction of OnlyFans, by the way. There's a, a storyline. I don't know whether you're a Coronation Street fan. I am. I'm not ashamed to admit it. But there's a storyline at the moment where there's a guy on, on the their version of OnlyFans and he's, you know, putting up naked pictures of himself, et cetera, et cetera, and how people kind of get taken in by it. And not everybody makes money. Some people do make money. Some people may no money on it. Um, but, I mean, do you think OnlyFans, it does have a stigma, doesn't it? Uh, 
it depends who you talk to. Like, I generally surround myself with people who are like-minded, so I don't get to hear as much of the stigma. But I personally think it's a massive movement in porn, and especially for women, because um, it provides that consent aspect. There's a conversation had with the creator, and sometimes people come on and they'll, you know, for example, they'll call me a name, and I say, I'm able to say, you can't call me that without my permission, like you you're not and it and it gives an opportunity for that discussion and that consent aspect that isn't there in normal porn so you're in control essentially yeah and obviously again you know you're in control as an only fans creator or you're getting the money you're you're in control of what you do and don't create there's a lot less pressure from producers and things like that um and it and it encourages connection in in porn obviously it's still online um but there is a level of connection rather than just seeing something and are you on only fans on your own or do you have your partner on it with you or do you, is it just solo yes or? uh so i do a little bit of everything i um but i do a lot with my partner and then i also do content with other girls as well um and are you making so, money yeah, but... I, I mean is that a myth that the, <laughs> all these girls are making a tremendous amount of money are, are you making money yeah, yeah. So, you know, in, in August, I made 65 grand. So, um, I'm what? making a decent... decent. Jane, <laughs> get on to my agent immediately. I've just changed careers. I'm taking my clothes off. <laughs> Take my referral code. I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd, I think they'd pay me to put my clothes back on again, to be honest with Charles. Uh, so, uh, 65,000 in one month. Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting. It was my best month ever. Um, but, um yeah, wow. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's guys, assumingly mo- mainly guys. There will be girls as well, but mainly guys paying you X amount of money per month just to see you know you naked or you having sex. Yeah, and to talk to me and to and and many of them um, are on there because of the sex education that I do, and um, I think a lot of guys they have questions but they don't know where to go for these answers, so. I've kind of provided that opportunity where you know I'm you know pretty enough girl and I'm and and, and I'm kind and I'm I'm not going to judge you and that, and so a lot of guys are like oh finally I can ask the questions I have you know is mm. my dick too small is, is it does it matter that it's curved how do I make a woman come and it, there's so many people that have these questions and now they have somewhere to ask with someone that's not going and, to and, and, and they get a and do they go, do they oh yeah well of course uh, so they go on <laughs> and they'll ask you how to make a girl orgasm and then you'll give them a little demonstration I'm assuming or something like that yeah 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 so I've got like how to anal how to make a woman come an anatomy lesson I've got uh, you know how to dirty talk how to feel confident in the bedroom me and my partner do a lot of subdom scenes so we'll show like how to create a scene how to ask for consent um where to impact play where you can hit on the body where you can't hit how how to communicate intensity and it's just a sex education you wish you you could have with mm. actual real people yeah i get you no i, I get you i understand what that would be going and the, the typical clients you're getting now i'm sure i'm assuming you don't know too much about them but are they married men are they single men are so in other words are they saying things to you like listen you know my wife is not interested it won't do this or how do i approach her and get her to do this because she doesn't really want to do it or is that the kind of stuff you get asked 
sometimes so there's lots of there's a few different reasons why people subscribe so uh one is they have a really different um kink or fetish that they can't access content for very easily for example i've got someone who has a fetish for trainers without socks um or trainers without socks yeah yeah that's what gets them going so there's and then there's Or like a whoopee cushion. There's someone who, uh, you know, likes you to blow up a whoopee cushion and sit on it again. What, and um, just sit on it naked or just sit on it? Sit on it. Yeah, okay, so yeah. a fetish often, like, is the actual thing and it's very specific and you don't even need to be being sexual for them to be aroused by their I can't. How, I don't understand how somebody gets aroused by somebody wearing a pair of, you know, sketchers or whatever it is with no socks on. I don't know how that's even a sexual <laughs> thing. That's bizarre. Well, it's not. That's, that's what a fetish is. It's, it's a kind of non-normative sexual um, yeah. obsession almost, yeah. Um, And then the other reason people subscribe is for that connection. They can't really get off on porn alone. They need that, like, talking or they want you to look at them or uh, they might be lonely and they just want to talk. Uh, And And what's the maddest thing you've you've been asked to do, Alice? Um, Okay, so the craziest one was for me to dress up as the... Uh, blue in the chocolate factory because <laughs> uh, I was I was pregnant at the time so you looked um, like you were inflated I had a big belly. yeah and they had an inflation thing so I had to paint myself blue and be like I'm so huge I can't move you're gonna have to roll me down the stairs um and did they did they yeah, pay you but well, they had to pay you very well for you to paint yourself blue yeah, yeah, that was a thousand pound I got off that one. That was a, a thousand. That was fun. I would paint myself any colour you wanted for a thousand pounds. <laughs> Jane, are you, my producer, Jane, are you listen to this? Jane, would you paint yourself blue naked for a thousand euro? Yeah, she would. Yeah, she just said, yeah, she would, yeah. yeah. See, there's so many girls, particularly, would go on OnlyFans. And I've spoken to girls that I've worked with in the past. They said they would go on OnlyFans if they could cover their face because it's all about. They don't want to be seen. And I wanted to ask you this question, and if you don't want to answer, that's fine. I understand completely. But you are a mum and you have got children. How would you feel if one of your children, when they get older, decide they want to go on OnlyFans? Would you be happy about that? Um, So I wouldn't, you know, it's their life, their choice, their body, as long as they had all the information available to make that autonomous choice for themselves, then Mm -hmm. I would fully support them in anything they chose to do in their life. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's a fair answer. And do they know, by the way, how, how old are your children now? Or, well, you don't have to tell me their ages, but they, do they know you're doing it? Are they aware of it? Um, so I have two little ones that would okay. have no idea. Yeah, too okay. little. But the, then I have an older one who's um, just turned 10, and he's aware that I'm a sex educator. Okay. He, um, and I'll, I'll tell him in a way that's you in, know, a, in an appropriate, a child-appropriate way. way. Yeah. yeah. I get um, you. You know, but, he, yeah, I'm very open and honest and I'm not ashamed of what I do and I, I want them to be part of the solution not, not um, and be confident as they grow. So, you know, as long as it's in mm. an age-appropriate way, I, I'd never hide what I do. Well, look, it's been wonderful talking to you, Alice. It's lovely talking to somebody who's so open and who can talk about it. And if people want to go on, by the way, they can go on to OnlyFans or they can go on. I'm assuming you have an Instagram page and everything they can go to. 
Yeah, so my Instagram is bettersx.blog um, and I do sex education content on there and I also have um, a blog where I write, you know, lots of sex education information and then my OnlyFans is as Alice Lovegood um, if you wanted to see the more naughty stuff. Oh, yeah. So if anyone wants to see Alice in the nip, you can go to... <laughs> I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it as it is, Alice. Alice Lovegood, by the way. If you just do a Google for her anyway, I'm sure you'll find her on OnlyFans. Or betterfx.blog. Is it on Insta? Better FX, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. And you can go on there on Insta. <laughs> I can't write sex on Insta. <laughs> okay, so better SX. SX, yeah. That's it, yeah. Okay, .blog. If you want to go onto Instagram, you'll find her on there. Alice, it's been lovely talking to you. Listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing your private moments. Well, it's not really that private. It's just quite public. So thank you very much indeed <laughs> for sharing that all with us. And it's been very interesting talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.